Hello and welcome back to the Timeline Astrology Podcast with myself, Gary O'Toole. Today, I'm going to take a look at some of the major shifts that are occurring with the astrology transits for 2022. And just a reminder before I jump in here that I look at sidereal transits, so the fixed star transits in relation to the constellations, as opposed to the tropical transits or seasonal based, which you might be more familiar with. If you are more familiar with the tropical positions, you always have to take 24 degrees at this time. Most people use 24 degrees in Indian astrology and subtract it from the tropical to arrive at sidereal. So most of the time that means you're going to the sign previous. Um, so that is the case for most of the planets as they move forward through the zodiac. So tropical are ahead of the sidereal in that sense. So when tropical talk about Uranus in Taurus, it's actually sidereal Aries in alignment with the constellation Aries. However, with the lunar nodes, which I'm going to talk about now as well, it's actually the other way around. So in that case, Indian astrology is ahead of the game with the lunar nodes in that sense because of their retrograde motion in terms of their transits, they're ahead in the Indian astrology sidereal zodiac. So Rahu and Ketu have been in Taurus and Scorpio for over a year now and will continue until April. Whereas with the tropical, they're only seen to move into Taurus and Scorpio in January of this year. So that's something to keep in mind. In a way, tropical astrologers are ahead of the game with the transits of the planets. And then Vedic astrologers can use that information, you know, of course, and then look at the sidereal transits after. Whereas it's the other way around with the lunar nodes. Indian or Vedic astrologers are ahead with the lunar nodes, themes that they bring up. And tropical astrologers, therefore, have to look at that afterwards. And can also get a lot of insight from Indian astrologers on what the nodes are doing. So let's talk about the nodes, first of all. The nodes have been in Taurus and Scorpio for over a year now. Rahu, the north node in Taurus. Ketu, the south node in Scorpio. So what does that mean? Well, it means quite a lot. And we've seen this play out a lot in the world, as we always do. Rahu in Taurus, Ketu in Scorpio, they're said to be exalted in these positions. And Ketu on top of that is said to co-rule Scorpio in traditional Vedic astrology alongside uh, Mars. Whereas, of course, modern astrology, Pluto is given rulership and, and Mars is sort of neglected many times. But in traditional Indian astrology, Vedic astrology, Ketu and Mars co-rule Scorpio. And Ketu and Mars are in Scorpio, as I speak, the beginning of the year. So we have this kind of interesting dynamic going on at the moment, where on the one hand, Rahu, which tends to show where we're emphasizing an area of our life an awful lot, where we're like really focusing on it, even to the point of obsessing about it and losing perspective. Rahu in Taurus is showing this overemphasis on resources and that has expressed itself quite clearly in the world around us in some people grabbing all of the resources and others going without. So it's the multi-billionaires becoming multi-multi-billionaires and then more and more people left destitute. So that's one expression. The, another expression is 
um, some countries hoarding vaccines and other countries having to go without. This is the, the energy of Rahu. It is all or nothing always. And every time Rahu's in Taurus, there are issues like famines, uh, problems with resources, you know, the ongoing problems, of the course, with fuel crisis in terms of energy and all of that. Rahu in Taurus is creating all of these problems. Now, you might think, especially if you follow Western astrology, that, wait a minute, isn't the North Node supposed to be benevolent and it's everything we want? And, of course, it is, too. But in Indian astrology, they see it as the most malevolent force, actually, because that kind of obsessive want for whatever it is actually ultimately squeezes the very life out of it. So it's like if you imagine that you're grasping so hard for something that that kind of greed, ultimately Rahu is greed. If you want to you know, sum it up in one word, Rahu equals greed. And Rahu in Taurus, greed for resources. That's what Taurus is. Greed for you know the nice things in life. And again, if you're grasping, no matter if you're a multi-millionaire or a multi-billionaire, it doesn't matter. That's a kind of grasping for something that um, is a problem you know obviously that's an obvious problem like it doesn't matter how much you get if you're holding so tightly onto it that you can't let it go you're going to create a problem if not for yourself then for other people and so the most obvious again expression of that is multi-billionaires and many people left destitute so this is unfortunately going to continue in 2022 and will continue beyond because as soon as Rahu moves out of Taurus, it still casts a shadow or an aspect onto Taurus while in Aries. But then it also adds other problems while in Aries. And I'll talk about that in a while. But first, let's stick with Rahu and Taurus and then talk about Ketu in the opposite Scorpio. So Rahu and Taurus for you personally also shows um, a storyline. You know, it, it definitely has a kind of theme for each person individually, apart from the general themes I've just mentioned. So wherever it is in your horoscope by house position is the area of your life you're really grasping right now, most likely. And then that subsequently shifts to Aries and then therefore you'll be grasping there more so. So it's good to know where they are so that you can acknowledge this and not overdo it perhaps and try to find more balance. And there's a balance for each of them, Rahu and Ketu, and there's also a balance between the two of them and there's sort of middle ground between the two. So if Rahu in Taurus is overly compensating um, by grasping for things that make you feel better, Ketu in Scorpio is showing perhaps the neglect of the things that you need to deal with. And in the world, we can see that in terms of the pandemic denial, the um, vaccine situation, all of these things are highlighted by K2 in Scorpio because on the one hand, K2 in Scorpio, although really strong, is getting us to deal with the problem and ultimately overcome the problem. That is true. But on the other side, there's also this kind of neglect and denial. All of that is true too. And there's always two sides to the nose, remember? So with K2, the reason why we might neglect that is that we're so focusing on Rahu, i.e. on getting something getting some resource. And when we do that, we neglect the other more hidden aspects of life, the Ketu, the Ketu and Scorpio aspects. And of course, Scorpio is, is all of our fears and vulnerabilities and uncertainties. And who wouldn't want to neglect that, right? Who wouldn't want to kind of forego that? But the problem is when we 
neglect those things that we know we need to deal with, when we neglect trauma, for example, which is a key indication of Ketu and Scorpio, at some point it comes up and we have to deal with it. And it comes up even stronger because we haven't dealt with it. So this is also another transition in 2022 where as Ketu moves out of Scorpio, and as there are other transits going on at the time, especially Jupiter and Neptune moving into Pisces, there could be this sense of a flood, a flood of emotion and like a torrent of emotion from not having dealt with all the trauma for the last couple of years, especially. Um, so that's K2 in Scorpio. Again, on the one hand, it shows the possibility of overcoming something of getting to the root cause of something and getting rid of it. But at, at the same time, it could also show not dealing with something. And we need to be mindful of both sides um, at all times. So let's talk about where they're going now, because by mid-April, they're going to shift signs into Aries and Libra. Now, this is, on the one hand, good because it's moving out of Taurus and Scorpio, where things kind of get very fearful, and especially around resources. But on the other hand, it's shifting the emphasis now from Venus and Rahu in Taurus, exaggerating the Venus impulse and the kind of unreal situation with the economy and all of that. That's all there. But it's now shifting it to Aries and Mars and the planet of war. So now we could see the potential for wars, more potential for war. We could see the potential for more push for individual freedom and less compromise as Ketu moves into Libra. So the emphasis is always more so on Rahu and less on Ketu, because remember Ketu is what we neglect. So it's like where we're moving from in the past and things in the past that maybe we don't want to deal with, which is why at, at this time with Ketu and Scorpio, we might not be dealing with our traumas and we need to. As it moves into Libra, we might not be dealing with others. We might not want to deal with others. We might actually break up with others and we might move on from others or any other to experience our own personal freedom, which is Rahu in Aries. And that's something we need to be very mindful of because if we're doing that individually as groups of people and as nations and as a globe, you can see that as countries then pitting each themselves against other countries. Um, so that kind of exaggerates these kind of this war footing but again personally that could be a great thing in terms of um, finding more freedom within the restrictions and moving on from the notes now i'm going to highlight another thing which is that saturn is in capricorn and that is in a square to aries and libra and this is where a bit of more of a challenge comes in because while especially rahu moves into aries Ketu into Libra, Saturn in Capricorn will aspect Libra especially, but also square Aries. So there's this ongoing conflict between individual freedoms, that's Aries, and the needs of the many, which is Capricorn. And Saturn in Capricorn is winning out right now because Saturn in Capricorn is stronger, it's at home. However, in the summer, after Saturn initially makes it out of Capricorn into Aquarius and becomes a more sort of cooperative feel in May, June, especially, it goes back into Capricorn in July, at which time Mars, Rahu and Uranus all gather in Aries. 
And that's when the potential for war is there. That's when the potential for even just individually pushing really far ahead with our own individual freedoms at the expense of others and within the confines of whatever situation we're in, and especially in terms of the restrictions and lockdowns and all of that. So imagine that you're given your freedom in May, June, as Saturn makes it out of Capricorn into Aquarius. And at the same time, Jupiter and, and Neptune make it into Pisces with Venus and Mars joining them too. There's a huge sense of like this freedom, this push for freedom and this movement and this flood even literally as well as figuratively, this flooding of emotion in um, April, May, June, as Jupiter and Neptune come together in April and then move into Pisces and Saturn loosens a grip. We could see after that initial sort of release and that overdoing it and maybe having such a wild time in the summer like a completely hedonistic time, maybe even, that any kind of sense of returning to any kind of restriction as Saturn goes back into Capricorn is not going to be met with any kind of, okay, yeah, whatever. That's just not going to happen. That's clear. Because at that point, Mars, Uranus, and Rahu all meet in Aries and square Saturn in Capricorn. And so you could basically, what I'm going to sum this up as is, it's not, I don't think, going to be a case of the pandemic is declared over by the WHO and then everybody goes about their life as they did before. That's not going to happen, clearly. It might likely happen that individuals rise up and then together rise in their communities and as a global community to push for freedom and that governments have no choice but to respond to those needs and to negotiate those ultimately. But that there's going to be in 2022, a bit of back and forth with that, a bit of sort of, com well, not a bit, a lot of conflict around that issue, pushing the issues forward until 2023 when Saturn then finally makes it out of Capricorn for good and then cooperates with the individual freedoms. So that's how I see it panning out in 2022. It's a bit like, you know, back and forth for a while, it's like, you know, lessening of the waves of the virus and all of that, but likely more waves and also mutations, Mars and Saturn getting together again, all of that, you know, suggests that there are going to be that that's a likelihood. Um, even the fact that in July, when Mars conjoins the eclipse degree in Aries, and then goes on to meet Rahu and Uranus squaring Saturn, you know, you could see the potential there for a lot of conflict, um, a lot of fighting over these issues. Now, I want to end on a, on a more positive note. And please join me um, if you would like to look at these more in depth, because I'm doing a um, more in-depth forecast for patrons on January 23rd. Uh, to our presentation on how all of this will pan out and also how it will affect each of the signs. And so I'll go month by month in new moons each month and show the flavor of each month and then sign by sign and how that plays out. And then also give my predictions as I do every year and look at my previous predictions the previous year and how did they pan out. And sort of always, I like to be, you know, looking at the previous year to see how my predictions have played out um, and then make my new predictions. So join me on January 23rd from 6 to 8 p.m. You can go to my website. Um, that's 6 to 8 p.m. By the way, 
Greenwich Mean Time, Universal Time. You can go to my website, timelineastrology.com, or you can go to patreon.com forward slash timeline astrology. So you can sign up there and join as a patron for just $5 a month. Uh, you will get monthly forecasts, daily reports and astrology and access to the Scorpio Video Club, I call it, where I share secrets about Indian astrology and how we use the techniques to make predictions. Um, and you get these sort of um, special presentations I do for patrons and now and again, as well as the magazine and, and a whole lot more. So anyway, that is Patreon. If you uh, could join up, that would be great. I'd really appreciate it. But I want to leave you on this um, more hopeful and optimistic note. And that is Jupiter moving into Pisces because Jupiter has been in Capricorn since the beginning of 2020 and moving in and out of Capricorn and it's currently in Aquarius and it's not happy in either sign completely. It's most certainly not happy in Capricorn. It's too restricted. Growth really takes a plunge. The economy really goes down every time Jupiter goes into Capricorn. The last time it was here was 2008. But then in Aquarius, it's kind of like this twilight zone. It's not really fully out of the murk yet, and it's not really coming into the light. So it won't be until it moves into Pisces in April 2022 that things feel more hopeful. And of course, you have to place in the context of all the other things I just mentioned. But at the same time, it is a lot more hopeful. And as it moves into Pisces, it conjoins Neptune and Neptune joins it in Pisces soon after. So everything is hinging on April, really. Everything is shifting in April. And Jupiter in Pisces, conjunct Neptune, and then afterwards conjunct Venus, and then Mars, shows potential for quite a few things. Some more positive, some more challenging. The more positive things are a sense of hope, a sense of idealism. Now, it could be a lot of pie-in-the-sky um, things as well, but there is at least a sense of more hope and a sense that we are connecting or able to connect with each other again. That's the biggest thing. They may, there may be a sense of connection that actually leaves us feeling very emotional and like a flood of emotions. And when we add this to Scorpio and Scorpio being released by Ketu and Jupiter now aspecting Scorpio, there could be this sense of needing to heal all of that trauma that we've been dealing with for the last couple of years and a flood of emotion coming uh, through and really an, an outpouring, you know, globally. Now, that could also be through some sort of movement, whether it's a spiritual movement or a, an artistic expression like a song or a, like a movie or a book or, you know, what, whatever grabs everyone's attention. And let's face it, it's not books these days. It's usually like a movie or a song but there's something that's likely going to come through that really gets everyone on the same page and connects everyone again and it's like we've all been through this and you know really connecting so that's really positive however the downside of that is that it could lead to absolute and utter hedonism in especially end of april may june because saturn makes it out of capricorn briefly moves into aquarius as jupiter goes into Pisces, conjunct Neptune, and then Venus and Mars. So basically, we're seeing that, you know, there could be some easing up of restrictions and then this release and this freedom that people really go crazy. It really goes to their head and they don't know how to handle it. And it's like this flood of emotion at the same time and all this grief that haven't been expressing and it's just an outpouring 
and a complete and utter party for those couple of months. Nothing wrong with any of that, of course, except that the downsides of Neptune and Jupiter in Pisces is that it could lead to absolutely an utter sense of illusion and absolute fantasy, like living in this kind of fantasy where we're not dealing with anything that we need to be dealing with because we're having this party. And of course, if you've been at a party where you've taken drugs, for example, which is another side of Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces, there's a come down eventually. And I think when Saturn moves back into Capricorn by July, as these more heated, quote unquote, transits start building in intensity in Aries, squaring Saturn, despite the ongoing party, there'll be further restrictions likely and further conflicts and people really, really getting irate and really pushing for their individual freedoms once they've had a taste of it. No one's going to want to go back into any kind of restriction mode once they've had their freedom. And that is potentially when in Ju July and August, when things get really heated and well, I'm not saying the party is going to be over, but there's going to be sort of like a come down off the high. And, you know, another thing that I want to highlight as well, that's very likely are attacks, cyber or otherwise, physical attacks, earthquakes, other natural disasters. And, and one key thing that's likely to happen as Jupiter and Neptune moves into Pisces is a major, major catastrophic flooding in 2022, April, May period. So this could be a, a kind of flooding that, you know, we haven't seen in a long, long time where maybe there's a dam that breaks and it floods an area that doesn't normally get flooded and they're not prepared for it. And that they spend have to spend months clearing up and also suggests that there'll be a flood of people moving, displaced from one area to another as the ongoing, you know, migrant issue becomes, you know, more and more of an issue. It's like this kind of climate change migration issue. I think it's going to really come to the fore in 2022. So flooding on top of, you know, fires and attacks and bombings and cyber attacks and outages and issues around supply chains, all of those are going to continue as usual earthquakes and all of these natural kinds of disasters and all of that and wildfires, but also now major, major catastrophic flooding beyond anything we've seen recently in recent years. Um, so that's, well, that's not really a high note to leave it on, but again, reminding you that the high note to leave it on is this sense of Jupiter and this sense of connection, again, that we are desperate for. Everyone is desperate for this global sense of connection and how we've been so disconnected and we've been living with it, but we maybe have forgotten how disconnected we really are. And that could also mean, by the way, disconnected from ourselves, from our own spiritual nature as well, which is why maybe more spiritual movements will come to the fore. Um, so that's another side of it. So it's definitely a lot more a positive uh, indication with Jupiter overall in the year. So I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, I'll go through each and every uh, transit, like I said, in my in-depth report for two hours on the 23rd of January, 6 to 8 p.m. Greenwich Mean Time, uh, Universal Time. Don't forget to sign up as a patron. Go to TimelineAstrology.com or Patreon.com forward slash TimelineAstrology. And thank you so much for listening to this all the way through. And I wish you the very best for the year ahead. Okay, until next time.